0: Plushcare.com slash weight loss.
1: No such thing as a media band. We don't have a media band. Ah, you do? No, we don't. A donkey and, a donkey and a <laughs> There's eat a palace. He was looking at his teeth. He
2: was massive. Legs, <laughs> ass, fit. And I burst out laughing. So congratulations are in order We have Paul Murphy in the studio And Damien Hayes on the line I'm sure you boys celebrated last night Like I mean Joint League champions This is just a very Very huge day In Kilkenny I suppose Paul Let's say Langton's outdoors Is is jam packed Yeah yeah. Um, Do you split the cup And
3: send it down to Galway Or how do you manage this Well we're negotiating at the moment To see what we're going to do We might take it for a few months And they'll take it for a few months But uh, yeah Interesting way For the league to finish And um, I suppose you see the talk Even now at the moment If Limerick Or not Limerick Kilkenny and Galway Clash in, in the championship that will kind of have a an unusual scenario of a league and championship match going on the same day, but interesting way and kind of you know I think even managers remarked on it that is kind of a, it's it's a funny way for things to finish up on. But I think Paul Camps will be happy, especially the Galway camp, really the way um, they perform throughout the league.
2: Yeah, no, they definitely. Will. What about you, Damien? A very special day. You've got you've got proper league titles in your uh, on your mantelpiece, not one of this, these these
1: silly ones. Mm. Yeah, exactly. These glorified ones. Um, yeah, I've, I've had uh, two National Hurling League medals. and like I, I used to always remember a remark, and I've often said it on the show, that Brian Brian Cody used to say that he always thought the National Hurling League was the, the second uh, biggest and most prestigious um, uh, cup in the championship uh, in the calendar year like this. But uh, personally, Colin, I think it's a joke. I I genuinely do. I think it's no way to finish a season. Uh, I think uh, yesterday that that meant technically nothing. You know, I've seen uh, teams putting out uh, with an awful lot of their subs uh, just to give them a run like this. I I think that there should be a final. I think it should be all played off before the championship uh, starts. Uh, I can't see. Okay, teams are out in two weeks in championship, but you're like, could can if they like try get run off? Can not could not organise to play the the league final between Galway and Virginia even next Friday night. I I'm telling you, and have it aired, Like all the teams will be trained, be playing fifteen size matches amongst themselves. Uh, uh run out before championship. I just I just feel that when you start something, you should finish it. And even like at the moment with the whole COVID, there's county finals being played. Uh, they weren't played or uh, some of them still haven't and it won't mean as much as they do in the calendar year for the Zoom, but um, I, I personally think it's a joke there, there, there should be a final in the league in the league uh, season and, and then let the championship go ahead and, and I'm not a fan of it not one bit I, I, don't, I don't like it
2: Yeah Galway Kilkenny next Friday night under lights maybe if needed although they're bright <coughs> enough evenings Paul but, like, I mean I do you have couldn't, a point But couldn't,
1: couldn't they put the couldn't they play on a tar in at Friday night in Turles I'm only just giving an example column and throughout the season. That's you know.
2: No I know that, and that's true and I, I'm, I'm kind of on that side of it because the irony here is Paul is that every single inter-county squad will play a
3: 15 against 15 70 minute game next Sunday morning Yeah they probably will I suppose from looking from a county point of view I mean us sitting here as neutrals or as spectators wanting to see it um, obviously we want to see a match and if there was a match there we'd take it but again even Damien alluded to the fact that some teams over the weekend maybe held back a few players but if, if you realise you know, we're 2-3 we're weeks away from championship here if we do go and play a league final next weekend which if they do are it, I think you're just going to see more of it again because yeah. we see very small injuries creeping into players at the moment because they've had a, such a busy schedule over the last few weeks like the likes of Austin Leeson, rolling the Ankle, Connor Prunty and these lads and these small injuries which traditionally like when Musef and Tamien would have been playing league you would have had maybe six weeks or so run into championship you can get rid of these injuries but I think teams are looking at it at the moment if you gave Galway and Kilkenny the option they may play the match and they may use it as an opportunity for other players to get out but they're also looking at Adrian Mullen maybe the hamstring there he's not going to be playing you're looking TJ Reid might keep TJ Reid away you know you're going to look at players with any sort of an eagle they're after been hurling for the last few weeks I don't think given the t- the window that's there I think it's understandable for teams that they'll go no listen everybody will forget who's the league champions once the championship comes around anyway so it's a small window and I'd be sympathetic that way towards teams if they do to say look we're not going to play a league final which they're, they're not going to play it. But, yeah. and, and the fact I think as well also that the scenario is there that um, Kilkenny and Galway potentially could be playing in a few weeks. That you know, are Kilkenny and Galway risking playing each other and getting injured? But I do understand what Damien's saying. Again, you'd like to see a league final, but it's you can understand both sides of the argument for me, anyway.
2: Yeah, no, we can. It's a, it's a unique year. Would you not be happy with the Leinster final? Because if Galway play Kilkenny in Leinster, Damien, it's going to be a Leinster final, so then you'll have a Leinster final, league final double. Two, two cups will be yeah, lifted. No,
1: I, I completely understand what you're saying. Lads, but I just I would like to see the season finishing, and I'd like to see a national hurling league winner, and then they go into the, ch- the Leinster Championship. That's my and, and I can see Paul's point of view that uh, the risk of knee uh, injuries and all that. But and as you were saying, Austin Gleeson rolling his ankle. But lads, uh, next Sunday morning when they're playing the match, there's going to be play stuff for Crabs. That it'll be full belt. That's what the both management teams will want or every management team will want. And a like could roll his ankle as easy in a challenge match or a 15-a-side match amongst themselves as they could in, league, in the league final. I just would have liked to have seen the league played out. Uh, yes, I can see the scenario. But but lucky enough, maybe there, there could be a scenario that Galway and Kikini, and they probably will. There's a huge possibility that Galway and Kikini will play again in the latter stages. But if there wasn't, would you even have been happy with giant medals? Would would they would they have just tossed out sixty national hurling League medals to both squads and then hand them out Turkey each? Like giant winners? you know, I I'm just not a fa- favour of giant winners. Who like that's like giant hurler to year goes to you know. So I, I, I would just have preferred to see a league
2: final. Yeah, well the, the awards night would obviously have to be halfway, wouldn't yeah. it? And <laughs> have to. More.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Here Kamirlies, I'm all on for and we know the new skill in the game is the smash goal. We saw Cahill Mannion doing it. Connor Cooney just took the piss out of this. Like I mean, poor Collins ended up in his arse. He wasn't really sure what was that, what was going on here, Paul. Yeah,
3: uh, yeah, I was actually looking at it because I know we'd, we'd obviously been talking about it the last few weeks when Cahill Manion went through I said we we have successive weeks here now where players are doing this. Um Cooney's going was a different. I, I actually thought it took a deflection. I don't know. He he obviously shot it into the ground. But uh, yeah, players are getting clever, and each week we're seeing this again. So I think this is maybe every week or every round we're after seeing a smashed goal in it. So it's uh, players are are using it to their advantage at the moment. Did definitely Connor Cooney almost smashed it into the ground right in front of him, Damien, rather than in front of the goalkeeper.
2: And Collins yeah. kind of just was falling back naturally to save it. Yeah, <laughs> just yeah,
1: if he'd it, stayed it, standing, it, he would have caught it. it, it it was actually a great piece of play Colcannon got it and and offloaded it to Cooney coming in the pace. and see that that skill uh, column is very very hard to hook and that's one of the reasons why so you can get the hook in if you're striking left and right but when you throw the ball up in front it's it's literally impossible but Cooney I actually would you believe this it was a touch of an, uh, an accident and a fluke because Cooney hit it and actually hit the bounce of the ball. Uh, it was too close to him. But it worked in his favour. And the goalie fell back, Collins. And you can see him throwing his left hand with the goalie hurt trying to get it. But he just couldn't get to it. So it worked in Cooney's favour. But the, the big skill on that and, uh, uh, and the big thing is uh, Colin Mannion going through. That uh, it's virtually impossible. It's virtually impossible to... Um, to hook that type of player and I'll tell you who got a goal like that in an All-Ireland final was Henry Sheffield against Limerick one year where he got the, he got the ball and when it came he threw it up and he, he batted it into the net it's, it's virtually impossible to get a hook in there so that, that's why a lot of it has been trained on the training pitch and Galway definitely are practising that because that doesn't just happen in, in, a, in a match by pure accident or pure freak two players scoring two similar type goals it's definitely been trained in Galway
3: Yeah, Did Henry start that Paul? I saw you nodding along there Just Henry probably started everything, did he? I don't know. No, I do. I do remember the goal. I think it was two thousand and seven that Damien's talking about. Yeah, and it was clever. and, And and that's the thing. Exactly what Damien's saying. Um, you know, defenders. I think for goalkeepers as well, if you're a goalkeeper and you're looking at a forward coming in, um depending on which side that, that forward's lining up, you can kinda maybe predict well the, the best goalkeepers will be able to predict potentially what side they're going to. But with the smash one, it could really go anywhere. And we see a lot of them actually travelling so close to the keeper that the keeper can't react. You know, they're just going over the shoulder. So I think it also adds the element of the keeper not really being able to predict where the ball is going to go. So it's a win win really for the forward and like Damien said, at back it's just hardship to try and hook that or get some sort of a flick to spoil it.
2: Yeah, exactly. I'll stay with you here, Paul, for this because Clare your bogey team now officially like I mean Kenny cannot be Clare that's, that's official 2016 yeah. since the last time we're going to concentrate on that a bit in part 2 I wanted to talk about the Walter Walsh injury and I'm just talking of this as a as a supporter and as an observer I thought that was a bit cynical what Conor Cleary did to him like he put him off he tapped him on the arm with the hurl and distracted Walter Welch enough that the ball came straight down through his face guard into his nose. Now, am yeah. I reading too much into this, or was that sneaky by? No, by Cleary? I,
3: I, I, no, I don't think it was. To be honest, I think what he was doing, he was looking at Walter Welch, going, "Well, obviously, you know, oftentimes the ball will land down to Walter Welch, an American man who's six foot five, six foot six, who's going to catch a ball." I think Cleary's plan was just to spoil him. You know, a back will often go just to spoil, spoil, spoil. And if Walter Welch doesn't win the ball and the ball comes to the ground, well, now Cleary can go right now. We're in a 50-50 battle. So I think he just went to spoil him. Um, I don't think there's any hard feeling. Kilkenny as to what happened. The ball hit him in the face. I don't think clearly he could have predicted that was going to happen. You know, but I don't think there was any malice at all in it. He knew he's marking one of the biggest fellas in the game. You know, Walter Wedge, like we said, six foot five, one hundred kg. You're going to try and spoil him. Um, I just think it was an unfortunate injury, and I didn't even hear. Um, even you know, I, m- I met a few the lads in passing um, after the game and stuff, and it, there wasn't even any mention of it. It was right. you know, obviously Walter got a slap in the face, but is there his wasn't nose
2: broken. No, was it his nose that got it? Um, it
3: was his nose that got it. Yeah, I, I I I believe. Well, it's I I don't know. Is it broken? But it's not too far off it if it is. And broken, you know, yeah. so he did get a fair slap and obviously didn't, didn't come back out in the second half. So, yeah, it was a fair injury, but again, it was accidental. I would put it down to
2: okay, right? I'm reading too much into that. Did that ever happen to you, Damien, where a ball would come down and get you in the face? You know, it, 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 it actually it's a, it's a wonder
1: it doesn't happen more
2: often or these fellas, you know, their hand is so good, the hand would be way up over their head, I suppose. It wouldn't, it wouldn't happen that often,
1: yeah. No, it was, I'd agree with everything that Paul said there. I just think it was a freak accident. And uh, there was no malice, or there was no—it it couldn't possibly be planned or intentional, you know. So, uh, but no, thankfully, it, it never happened to me where a ball was hit at me. And the worst—the worst—I suppose—the worst thing that would have happened to me is where, uh, when a ball being close, close contact, will say that the the ball hit your privates. <laughs> so that, so that's that—that that, that, you know—and that's pure accident again, where someone might just pull the ball and just just hits you. So, um. But uh, no, it's uh, time you, a, a ball, and everyone threw my my guard and hit me in the eye or hit me in the face. The
2: pri- <laughs> <laughs> You're making me laugh, Paul. Get into, into privates. That, I'd say, that, but Quilligan got one an, an awful an awful one in the leg off um, Mullen, wasn't it, for the goal? He, yeah. he went for a goal. He got it straight in the side of the leg. It kind of reminded me of. Um, The water for goalkeeper O'Keefe running running out
3: to Anthony Nash that time. Yeah, yeah, and when the ball is travelling like that, I mean, we're going back a few years now, but I do remember when Anthony Nash's uh, penalties were obviously, or 21s were were getting in very close, and yeah, Stephen O'Keefe was the highlight of that. But yeah, the ball, again, it probably goes back to the ball. The ball is travelling quite fast as well, and if it just, look, it's accidental. If it hits your nose in the the tie, it's capable of giving you a dead leg and giving you a bad bruise. But uh, yeah, there's I'm sure, though, there's a lot of those injuries that go around on the weekends that we don't even see. Those were just the obvious ones, really. Yeah,
2: yeah, no, they're definitely stingers Premier um, staying with you here Paul Paddy Deegan got a terrible raw deal with that Tony, Ke- Tony Kelly penalty didn't he now what mm. do you say in this situation because um, little bit curious isn't there's no intention there mm. but he still tripped him up if you yeah. know what I mean so like what happens in that scenario is that just bad luck or is that a
3: penalty it's, it, it is a tricky one because um, again Ian Galvin wouldn't be a man to go down and you know I looked at it and I've been given ones or this one's gone against me before for doing that you're trying to stay really close to your marker, yeah. and you're sprinting across and it was a coming together I mean, looking at it even at the replay, Paddy Deegan didn't do anything to try and deliberately no. trip him up. And But it is a tough one. I mean, the referee looks at it and Ian Galvin was in a great position to potentially get a goal. So, so whether so.
2: it was deliberate or not, it was still a trip.
3: Yeah, it was still a trip. And I suppose look it 's a tough one to call, I think to be honest, you know Claire would have been aggrieved if they didn 't get it, but at the same time, once you know the blood cools, you 'd kind of look at it and go it 's a hard one to call you know it 's one of those ones that if you 're a defender or if a defender's looking at it, you're going, I understand what happens there, and I think even forwards understand what happens there, but it certainly wasn 't deliberate Paddy Deegan can feel hard done by because it's not easy to stay that close to Ian Galvin, never mind not trip him, like, you know, so um, it was a tough one and, yeah, kind of, I suppose, like, like Davey Clifford's penalty at the weekend, it could have went either direction, you know, and I, I think um, I, I'd like to err on the side of Paddy Deegan being unlucky in that situation. Oh, well, you're
2: definitely taking
3: that not side. Not for Michael Kenny jersey on <laughs> me here. <laughs> the cornerbacks union.
2: What, what do you think, Damien? Is that, is that just bad luck or, like, there was no intent in I, it, I,
3: but I,
1: he still I, tripped I, him? Yeah, there was no intent there's no intention. I've seen them been given, and I've seen them not been given. Yeah. Uh, so I have. Uh, I think when it. I think what happened was if it was in an All Ireland semi-final or an All Ireland final, it wouldn't be given. Right. That's, that's Yeah. That's my, that's my honest opinion. But uh, yeah, they, yeah it, It's like what you said. It was still a trip, so it's. Well, technically, it is a free. But I, I have seen when it comes to the bigger games at the later uh, stages of the year. Um, I don't think I can see them being given unless it's full token of a jersey. Or something like that. But um it was some finish by Tony uh to the top right, uh the penalty he made no mistake, but uh yeah. Uh, I think it was a free, but I'd seen them not being given.
2: An, an absolutely brilliant penalty so it was. Like I mean and the clear goals are definitely something we'll talk about um, in, in part two. Waterford finished the league very strongly. Gave Tipperary a bit of a trimming and I was listening mm. to this on the radio um, yesterday and like I mean they kept talking about pace, pace and we know Tipperary don't like pace Paul. Like I mean yeah. that's the reality of it. They don't really. Um, and Liam Cal was was interviewed after game. He says the Waterford people just want to see a good, hard-working, honest team. They'll support like they always have done down through the years, thick and thin. That's really Liam Cal. His management in, in a nutshell yeah. isn't it
3: yeah like he just seems to have this Waterford team taking over and we talked about it a few weeks ago that you know sometimes after being in an All-Ireland final teams can kind of suffer that there's an expectation on him the following year and it doesn't seem to be affecting this Waterford team I think more so because there's a lot of players now really fighting and we've seen other players who maybe have been on the periphery for the last few years coming back into the team and you know really really taking hold and the likes of Desi Hutchinson we looked at him last year and he was really going well but I think he's even improved again this year and it was kind of funny you know he, he's score two two off Carl Barrett, you know, flying it and it's no it's no mean feat. And uh it's, it's almost like they said after 40 minutes, look, we've seen enough of this, yeah. For, yeah, get him off. And the likes of Jack Pendergast, probably the point, well, up there, a point of the league, you know, up the sideline. And again, just running at Tipperary. Again, Welsh Park is a tough place to go. Waterford, probably off the back of the week before, wanted to see, right, we need to sit back here a small, uh, a small bit further. We leaked a few goals. Um, look, again, a few goals went in, but they kind of sat back that little bit and used, like, Austin Leeson was able to launch up a little bit from centre back, which I think we were talking about before was something we'd like to see him doing. So they, they, they learned they seem to be learning each week okay we like this we don't like this we need to work at that which is exactly what Lee and Kyle wants them to be doing and the one thing that is common with the whole league for them is their application and their work rate and how hard they're going things mightn't work out in some days but they're going the right direction and, and they're a great team to watch, really. Yeah, no, they definitely are. Like, I mean,
2: the the, the injuries uh, be very concerning. I'd say that's why they took off Hutchinson. He's like, no way. <laughs> Gleason, Fives and Prunty, Damien, all went off in the first half. And like, I mean, I, I, listen, we're all glad we have a championship and all those kind of things. It's just going to be very unfortunate to see some of these teams going out without some of their best players, you know, because mm. they've been probably overdoing it a little bit.
1: Yeah, well, the the training would have been very, very tough now over the last couple of weeks because they're all management teams are trying to get them, I suppose, what they call match smart and match fit, and they're also trying to get them, you know, physically fit as well. And then they're playing the league matches as well, so they are. So, yeah, you could see uh, why Liam Cal would have taken off uh, Hutchison in particular just to make certain that he didn't because he is up to the notch. So he had some last year. So he has. But uh, Walford, Walford are actually a really exciting team to watch if they can really tighten up the back. At the back and not leak as many goals uh, as they have been. Uh, they, they, they'll go a good bit again in this year's championship. So they will. And last year they took it by storm. So isn't. As I said, they've some lovely hurlers and they've some lovely players to so do. And um, Liam Kyle and his management team, I think, are after um, are after doing a great job down there because in fairness, he starts from scratch. He dropped players. Some lads said he shouldn't have dropped, and he went back to an orthodox fifteen. Which was It wasn't an easy thing to do, Colin, because they were always playing. I don't know. I, I don't know how you describe. it. You, we speak about a third midfielder, but they were nearly speaking about four midfielders and one in the full forward line. Uh, so they were. Um, so he had to change that whole thing and went back to an orthodox 15. So um, I think even and Ferris is doing a good job uh, down in Waterford.
2: No, he definitely is. I think Gleason, you, you mentioned already, rolled his ankle. he would be grand in two weeks. That'll strap that up altogether. But Fives and Prunty have quad muscle injuries. Two weeks is probably pushing it um, for them, Paul, unfortunately.
3: Yeah, it could be. And, you know, Fives, unfortunately, you know, both Fives have been unfortunate with injuries over the years. They just seem to pick them up, which is unfortunate for Waterford and the players themselves because, you know, th- you know, they're great lads and obviously very dedicated. So it's disappointing to see Shane going off the weekend. But, um, look, yeah, uh, Conor Prunty, it'll be interesting to see to what level the, the, the quad is injured. Um, like you said, Austin Leeson could strap up the ankle and, and tear away. But um, it'll be interesting to see what Pronti now, you know, there'll be a lot of icing going on over the next three days and I'm sure he'll be in out of physios because they, he's a fella that they'll, they'll certainly want in at full back um, come Championship. But like you said, the quad could be a little trickier to have right for Championship more than ankle.
2: Yeah. Liam, Sheedy was talking after the game and Damien, I mean, you just kind of touched on this here. And he was talking about tip training and... He says, this week was a training block again and I suppose with the temperatures the way they were, we needed every ounce of energy so you'd have to say we weren't um, at our freshest today and we'll need to be a whole lot fresher come Championship and that's something I've got to take responsibility for. So, I presume a training block, I'm out of the game a long time, that they did a hard training session, right, during the week, you can't have to keep up with these kind of this <laughs> terminology. But, like, like, I mean, is that, is that smart, Damien? Now, I'm not strength and conditioning coach and they'll have professionals advising them and everything. Number one, from an injury perspective you're going out to play a league game at the weekend and you do a hard session on the back of a very difficult schedule and then the, the other side of it this is the last competitive game they're going to get for, uh, in the next three weeks before the championship would you not try and squeeze the value out of that especially as a team who's trying to iron out you know some playing style issues and stuff like it, for me it's mind boggling the idea they would train hard in the lead up to that game
1: yeah I be I be on the same note. I I wouldn't be able to understand that. My my whole opinion is if if a game is worth playing, is worth winning, and they were in the toss up. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but they were in the toss up to win the giant league as we call it. Yeah, yeah. Because I would have taken it if, if they if they won, uh, they would have topped the group on a head to head with Galway. Uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong but like I can't understand that this thing of a uh, training block basically is that they're all using these big words now Column, as I just say you're not allowed to use small words anymore or ordinary words basically that means they did extra training sessions and they probably did uh, what strength and conditioning coaches and I'm always saying this some of these strength and conditioning courses, coaches want, want to be heard and want to be seen that they're doing their bit, where my opinion is the only important thing that you need to be doing at training this week was getting match sharp and first-touch drills and striking and, and ball to hand, all that to sharpen yourself up for that game. And like, that was a good game for Tip to really sharpen themselves up into another, uh, what we call a competitive battle going into championship. So regarding them training hard... I, I, I don't know how much harder they would have trained than any other week. Maybe some of their subs might have had to train or they're not getting as much uh, game time, but uh, I, I wouldn't be able to understand uh, that this with the heat and the energy levels weren't up to where they should be. Maybe it's just trying to find a little excuse, but uh, my, my opinion is at this time of year, it should be all hurling and all uh, all field work and uh, and they should have tried to avail of that game against Waterland and, and uh, try push on and win.
3: Yeah, look, and I completely agree with Damien. One of the things that actually popped into my mind when when Liam Sheedy was saying it was, I kind of thought to myself that this might have been a small bit of. Uh maybe they actually didn't train as hard but like you're just finishing up the league and to avoid any kind of uh, maybe questions being raised about oh you could have won the league just as to kind of finish it off Liam Sheedy kind of took the brunt for the players and right. said oh we could trained we trained yeah. harder this week that's why you know we're flat
2: Would you find it hard to believe they went they trained hard the week before their very last league game?
3: No like at the same time like I don't know I'm, 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 I'm trying to figure it out myself whether they really did go hard or whether they didn't again um, look the strength the strength and conditioning staff will, will make it on the call on their best judgement but you know they may have trained that bit too hard maybe off the back of last weekend and probably did one or two extra sessions that they shouldn't have or instead of you know some teams probably went with a Wednesday night session knowing that this weekend was coming around and aired on the side of caution maybe so it is hard to know Um, I I don't think there's too much needs to be looked into it like you know at the end of the day Watford were were really the better team overall and the goals kind of kept um, Tipperary in it but I don't think there's too much really to it that okay they could have been league champions but again look again it's a funny league it's a bit of a not a dead row but were they overly being concerned about being league champions, or were they more concerned about maybe getting Seamus Callan in the game and getting a few lads onto the pitch? So I think there's not too much to it, really. That you know, to be looking into it too much, you know.
1: I think you're 100 percent right there, um, Paul. I don't think they cared about the league, and that was that was my point earlier on. And as you said, they were more interested in getting game time and minutes into the likes of Seamus Callan and a couple of these lads uh, before championship. Then worrying about a league. And that's why they would have trained harder. Maybe this week, uh Column in the garden, maybe done a lot more running, a lot more uh, fitness, trying to what to say, putting stuff in reserve in the bank, uh going into championship. And that's all that uh, Liam Sheedy and his management team were worried about was championship. So that that's what he that's what I think he meant by that.
2: Right, okay maybe Maybe that was it and maybe they just did one session on the Tuesday night and he's just calling it a training block we, I don't really know what a training <laughs> yeah. block is so maybe they just did a tough session on the Tuesday night yeah. and maybe they're coming off it was Westmead they played last week wasn't it so they probably yeah, yeah so they weren't sure coming off it, a really yeah. tough session so yeah, yeah I, I just when I read it first I was like Jesus yeah, yeah. I was thinking but we don't know what the training No block we don't really know what that was. actually means
3: so it's, <laughs> kind of, it's a one answer covers all really so. Yeah because Shane O'Neill
2: was talking after the game yesterday of Galway and he was like over the next three weeks we'll try and keep. Them fresh, but also incremental improvements so that we've, we have them absolutely humming for championship. So he's not talking about training blocks, Damien, he's talking about freshness. Which, in my head, you know, a lot of that training block should have been done before you ever came back into the county team, and it should nearly be all hurling when you come in there and keeping you fresh, um, you know. But I don't know.
1: Yeah, I know, and I, 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 I believe every word that Shane O'Neill is saying there. That he, he, he the one thing he knows is call in a good place at the moment. What their, what their scoring is phenomenal. So that is, I actually? I, I wrote down their scoreline uh, over the last five games. Like it's been absolutely incredible. Like, and he, he, he really, he, he has them in a good place. To be fair, I just, I even wrote it down. Against Cork, they scored twenty-five. Against Waterford, they scored four twenty-eight. Against Tipperary, they scored twenty pints. Against Limerick, they scored 26 points, and against Westmead, they scored 534. Like he, he has Galway in a really good place. So what he wants to do is just keep the match sharp. Wants to keep them very, very sharp. For you know, and then they'll play their 15-a-side match one of days. He doesn't need to, and he he knows where his team is going to be now. He 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 had a he had a very good squad there now. I think he's picking from a squad of 23, 24 players there now for the first 15 like this, and he's going to try to keep them in a really good, hungry manner like this. But he's not going to talk them. That's for certain. And uh, I I think Galway are a good place. Shane O'Neill is doing quite a good job.
2: Oh, he definitely is. We'll talk a little bit more about um, Galway in part two. Like, I mean, I was looking at the Leash um, Armagh result because we only saw some highlights of this. And I was thinking, geez, that looks like a decent performance from Leash, you know? Like, I mean, it was a last minute goal to kind of push it out to four. They competed really well, and it's difficult to go up there. And then I was looking through the Armagh team, James Norton, uh, Keelan Malloy, and Neil McManus. They weren't playing. And then I was thinking, geez, Leash can't go up, Paul, and beat, you know, an Armagh team or an Antrim team that are resting players.
3: Yeah. Yeah, look, again, um, Leach, we're looking to try and finish strong. And again, the goal at the end um, for Antrim was really what I suppose. Created that gap just at the end on the scoreboard, but a good a good performance out of Leash, you know, and they got the they got the goals as well. So um, it was it was tough to go up there. Antrim are enjoying themselves up there at the moment, and look, we were talking at the start of this league of Antrim with the great performance against Clare, and Antrim have just seen it out. You know, they've really performed really well after getting the draw with Wexford up there as well. And probably on form, we expected them to beat Leash, but they still went out and did it. You know, it was by no means a foregone conclusion. You know, so um, look, Leash weren't too far away in the match, but again it, it probably lacked the edge of the matches over the last few weeks maybe that that Antrim have experienced, but still you know Antrim got the scores they needed to get, and they finished out on a really strong note, which was um look, I suppose which is what they really wanted to do. This is probably one of the games that would have penned off that we expectations is we want to win this match, and if we did, if we get results with Clare and Wexford like they did, um, well that's a bonus but so the fact that they went out performed really well um and then yeah just seal the victory with the goal at the end I think they'll be happy enough with that victory yeah.
2: yeah like I mean reading the Leash or the report on Leash Today uh, website Leash had, had 20 wides, so like mm. I mean they were well in the game yeah. like, on paper Damien it looks like a terrible year for Leash 5 uh, league games 5 losses and I don't want to talk about the football that's 4 league games 4 losses <laughs> we're, we haven't won a game yet in nine in 9 league games
1: yeah, it, it, it look at we might as well be straight up and, and say it, it. doesn't look good for Leash. You know they're on the back of Eddie Brennan, you with know, doing the work that he has done. And I suppose they, they, they looked in the last two years that they, they made huge improvements under Eddie. To do it. So Cheddar Cheddar wouldn't be that happy with the way things are going. I think Franny Ford is training them as well. So uh, so, so I, 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 as you said, they had a lot of wide. Just uh, it's not an easy place to go up to Antrim and get a win. Um, ask Davy Uh Antrim are actually going quite well. They're buying in. Gleason, everything that he's saying and and all the improvements he's making and they're, and they've built on last year which is very, very important. I guess was you no know, as the league campaign goes, it it wasn't good and it didn't look good on paper either. Uh, in the whole league and with the uh, results and the scoreline so uh, leash have a lot to do now uh, come Championship and they have it all to do
2: Yeah, we have to pick it up in hurling and football finish up on Dublin Um, another uh, not a very good story for Dublin you know lost convincingly yesterday even though they got a penalty they only scored 8 points from play Mm. Paul like I mean I was looking through it Like, and very few players you see some teams and Jesus there's a spread of scores you know half
3: back lines corner backs I think yeah. four of their players scored. Yeah, yeah, it's like not really great. They really are yeah. not playing well. No, they're, they're kind of, I suppose they're running out of, um, they're running out of things to do with the team and really excuses, I suppose, at this stage. Again, we saw Liam Rush now up at full forward again, which I was, you know, when I heard it yesterday, I was saying, I wonder how Liam Rush feels about that, that he's centre-back centre one week, full forward another week. And he's capable of playing in these positions. But I think it just shows that maybe Matty Kinney just, he still doesn't know what he wants to do with the team, which is, you know, it's unfortunate for Matty. But yeah, I mean, Dublin, similar to Leash. um, won't be happy with this league campaign. They still look like they don't know what to do for, what they want to do for championship. Now that's not to say they don't have the players to turn around. You know, they've Donald Burke, Chris Crummy, uh, Liam Rush, they've great players there. Dan, Danny Sutcliffe. It's just yeah. a matter of what do they want to do? They don't seem to, to know what they want to do yet.
2: He's at risk of losing the dressing room Paul. You know, if he keeps chopping and
3: changing constantly like that, is he? Yeah, well, it's a risk, you know, because, again, players just want to know what are we about? What are we doing? Where, you know, what do we see some sort of the team taking shape? And I think most teams from the league would have said, I mean, even Clare had a bad start to the league, but after yesterday, now, I think we can all kind of see it, this This is taking shape and John Conlon is starting to work out and all these things, whereas Dublin aren't in that position at the moment. Similar to Leash. Um, you know, Wexford probably had a middle-of-the-road sort of a league, you know, they were going well, but then, you know, maybe not a, like Kilkenny beating them and different things, but Dublin really are just kind of looking around and what are we about? What are we doing? What's our team? And, you know, the games are over. We're looking at a championship now. So it's not a great place for them. They're, they're capable of turning it around. Where that's going to come from, though, I don't know, to be honest, at, at this stage. But, um, you know, they have a few weeks to get it sorted and figure out what are we going to do and what team are we going to put out.
2: Yeah, you wouldn't have too much faith in them sorting it, Damien. They've entered in the championship and that won't be in Parnell Park either.
1: No, I, 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 I don't think you can just turn it on and off in two weeks. You know and as, and as as Paul said, and he rightly so at it you know the the league wasn't that long of a league you know and you're trying you have to try to get a formation together and, and at least settle all the foundation positions at number three and number six eleven and fourteen and now they've rushed gone from center back we will say to full four and that's basically just to try uh, get a target man just to sort of Basically, he'll try win a few balls and win a couple of frees, get a couple of scores. Like that's, but um, no, I, I, Dublin are in, the, in a very similar position, so they are to um, uh, to lead, uh, I think they had a very, very poor league uh, campaign. But you would have said last year, if, if this was the the game, Dublin v Antrim, you'd say, Ah, Dublin will definitely win that, but you wouldn't guarantee it now. And Antrim, would, you'd say, would be in a great position to to take on Dublin and 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 beat them. Uh, so they would. But um, no, I, I I I personally think Dublin are going nowhere. Yeah. Uh, for the summer, I might as well say it's trout.
2: No, I would agree with that. I don't think they're going anywhere this year. Then they seem to be going backwards under under Maddie Kenny. Right. We'll leave it there, lads, and we'll talk about the matches. So Galway 3.25, Cork 2.23. Um, Damien, you must be delighted. You mentioned all the scores that they're running up. Um, i Am a writing saying they've abandoned their sweeper as well? I remember Pauwric Mannion playing at mid last year and dropping back as a sweeper and a little bit conservative. They don't seem to be doing that at all. They seem to be maybe the most, the most kind of conservative thing they're doing is playing Adrian Toohey as a wing forward maybe and working from there. But like not, it's not taken away from their attacking play.
1: Yeah, well, last year they did did play a sweeper and it's something that Galway never tried before. And I've always said this uh, with a sweeper. The the sweeper must be fierce, intelligent. He must be fierce, energetic. And he he must be an unbelievable strike of a ball. And if you have a right good sweeper that can carry ball and do overlaps and get back to help always defend and personally myself I didn't think it really suited Galway like they were hitting balls up the field last year and nearly hitting it to the opposition sweeper or the opposition sweeper was helping out the the defence like this so Galway have kind of gone back to a 15 on 15 Uh, I think they've found a couple of players Evan Nyland is definitely one player that they've found in regards that he's another option of a free-taker. Do you know, for example, if Joe did get injured, Joe Cannon got injured, or anything, that, happened, that they have another option. It's not just take him off the bench and hope that he puts them over. They now know that he can do it. I think Connor Cooney is starting to show Richfield uh, in a form again. Then the Mannions are, are playing well. Kulkanen is going well in the corner. Um, Connor Whelan is still a, a dynamo in the corner. I think he's a great player. So I do, and and then there's other players that that still can't make the team like Jason Finn, which is a, it's a good sign that the whole I think he's got a good squad of players going Galway. I think he's about 25 right good hurlers they've right good forwards and hopefully they can keep it pushed on for, for championship but as I think Galway at the moment are in a good place.
2: They're, they definitely are and like I mean two weeks in a row now against Waterford and Cork they've, they've been seven behind and come come back to win fairly well Paul yeah yeah
3: they're, they're, they seem to be kind of in cruise control at the moment um, you know six points down against uh, against Cork and turned it around we were talking about this, this 12 point turnaround you know and um, they, they're they're well able to recognise as well where there's a problem on the pitch you know Cork were just tipping on ahead they used the half time well sat back that small bit more and pushed up Cahill Mannion towards half forward and Cahill Mannion's the man pulling strings at the moment you saw he set up Conor Whelan for his goal with incredible 65 yard pass or whatever it was went in for his own goal but he was linking the forwards really well but they weren't... It's not that a case that they had to overly exert themselves. They used the ball really well. They were getting their scores, like Damien was saying, and then, and then, you know, they have lads popping up all over the place that are showing that are showing good form as well. So, And a big criticism of that people would have criticised Galway for the last year, especially when they won the All-Ireland, was not scoring goals. And, I mean, it's seven in the last week they've scored, you know, and created goals. not a case that these just happen to fall for them. They're creating them. There's runners coming through and they're clinical as well. So... They've, uh, like Damien was even saying as well, they've really racked up high point scores for goals now as well. They're they have that threat as well, so they're 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 adding to I suppose the the threat they have up front, um, which again coming for a championship, they're they at the moment are the farm team really. I know of course Limerick are there, but in terms of complete form throughout the league, Galway were the team showing that in a very competitive one a. I think when David Burke came on he went
2: midfield and Carl Mannion went over onto Tim O'Mahony and cleaned him out of it altogether.
3: Yeah, yeah. They kinda of just pushed him out of the way. He wasn't it wasn't really clicking the way you'd want Carl Mannion, the form we've seen him in at the moment. So they obviously just said, Right, we'll just move him out of here and for all the words just pushed him up that small bit further. I think they uh, in fairness to Cork had weighed off. Look, Karl Mannion has been pulling the strings here, so we probably need to follow him similar like we were talking with Tony Kelly. What do you do? Do you go and follow him? But once Karl Mannion pushed up, he just got out of the way and was able to find that ball a small bit more and used it then really well. So it's great that if things aren't working for the likes of Carl midfield, that they're able to push him in half forward. Doesn't affect him anyway. It only affects him positively, really. And they can get him back into the game, which is what Galway wants to do. And the ability to recognise that and change it at half-time, that's, that's a brilliant thing to have. And, you know, Shane Neal will be very happy with that. He,
2: he will. Like, I mean, the one thing we've been saying, Damien, the, the last few weeks here about Galway is the options that they have and the versatility of all their players. And, like, they're missing... Uh, Johnny Cohen and Joe Canning out of midfield, which he's been using in midfield. Like, where, where, where do you see that all settling down?
1: Well, he he's basically, to be fair to Shane and I think he's just looking for more options and he's looking for extra players. Uh, you know, in, in that regard, as in to see, you know, what different options he has uh, for the championship. Like, even just yesterday, they try Garage McInerney full-back, even though I have no doubt that Dahi Burke will be full-back come chapter. But he's just experimenting. Uh, he's experimenting, especially up the middle. Uh, Kyle Mannion, even to midfield, uh, like, even though I prefer to see him in the half-hour line, but he also tried, as I said, Joe uh, midfield. It's just He's just trying stuff. Like he, He's just seeing how would the team play and how would it look. If they did play Joe Cannon midfield and Evan Nyland uh, centre-forward, or ho- how would things fair Out how would Joe fair out at midfield? Would he would he be playing too defensive? Would he still get on the score list? Would he become a link man? So I I, I think he's trying to stuff up. Would I be surprised to see Joe midfield? I wouldn't. Just just been honest. I wouldn't. If lads he can maybe be the link player. If lads can find him with the ball, he hit good ball into the inside at the inside line. But uh, himself and Johnny Cole midfield, I I wouldn't be surprised if it, it, it happened. Uh, because as as Paul just alluded there, like it could be a simple change that Joe as midfield the next thing Carl Mannion be wing forward the next thing within fifteen minutes the two boys change for a few minutes again. You know, he's just he's just getting different options. But he's tried players, I think he has found players and some lads have found Rich of form and it's like canon these bites have added have come on another notch again from last year. So as I said, I think uh, Galway are in a good place uh, and and are looking quite good. You know, in two weeks they can push on again. It's not a case of switching a light switch and mixing. We try something different. He he's got all his his main players uh, firing and going very well.
2: Isn't it very impressive with Galway the way they're able to play so well? And still experiment Do you know mm. what I mean You see other teams Ah oh, well they were experimenting You know they'll use it As an excuse Galway yeah. are performing Really well While experimenting with, with their best players
3: Yeah yeah And that again that's a great sign It's just that You can you can move players in and out Take players off Move players in positions But the team still know What they're doing and Yeah the system is, doesn't the change The system doesn't change And like what Damien was saying What I think is a great thing That we, we were talking about You know how do you beat Limerick Because people are going to be Looking at how do you beat Limerick And we're saying You have to ask questions And how do you ask questions of them The likes of let's say Evan Island, If Evan say centre forward and a few weeks ago I was kind of questioning: will Joe Canning be at midfield don't think he will but as I look at it now you know, when, when Chad O'Neill will be sitting down to have a look at, we're, let's say we're playing Limerick or we're playing Kilkenny or whoever, you could start Joe at left half forward, Cahill Mannion midfield. Now, Cahill Manion goes to right half forward, Joe goes to midfield, Conor Cooney pops up, and suddenly now you're asking questions on the pitch that the players on the pitch have to deal with. But Galway will know what they're doing. You know, if, if Galway rotate, maybe for a five minute there, you might have a man marker who's right half back marking Joe Canning. And he's asking now, do I go with Joe Canning? Joe Canning's midfield, do I go yeah. with him? And now Cahill Manion's up beside you, who do I go with? And they're the questions that teams will want to ask and I suppose they'll want to ask them on the pitch so that you know other teams don't have a chance to react they have to try and deal with this on the pitch and the fact that they're able to do that so seamlessly is now going to be a problem for teams going forward where's Joe Cannon going to pop up because he could pop up at the edge of the square he could be full forward um, and then we're, we're still talking again Cahill mannion you know we saw Doherty Burke drifting up the pitch so they're in a great position to ask questions of any team they face at the moment and like you said they're just tipping along experimenting and they're after basically winning the league at the moment so yeah. I mean it's it's a great position to be in
2: it is a great place, position yeah you mentioned the rotating I remember when we played Dublin in around the 03 or five. they had a system where when they scored a point all their forwards moved move to the right one because they're yeah. all comfortable enough and it does when you see that happening you're like am I following it does cause a bit of confusion especially yeah. when fellas are given man marking details and other fellas aren't yeah. you and know da- now you're one
3: what are we doing here and Damien I think Damien would, would probably. we can probably talk about it now but 2012 in the Leinster final that oh, was something that. that Galway did do you know and I would have been in corner back and let's say Damien would have been on me they would have got a point point. that's what we could see after the match but it wasn't something we were prepared for and Damien would probably tell you more about that than I would but we weren't prepared for that and then suddenly Joe was in the corner and on me and then a play would go by and Joe would be out left half forward then and that's what we're talking about so now the players on the pitch have to deal with that the management can kind of do very little at that time because it's happening in real time you can't correct that and if you're not prepared for it it's a real test when you're on the pitch, so it looks like that they're doing. There's no pattern to it; they can just move things around, and it's, it, it'll be a great tactic come for a championship. Yeah,
2: was that your thing, Damien? Uh, get a score and move a position, or what way did you work it?
1: Yeah, well, well, just the day, uh, that particular day in the Linter final, uh, we all. Uh, I had a I had a third midfielder role, and I, and I always remember I started. I started the game at centre forward actually. And when the ball was thrown in within seconds I was always I was out in the third with role, roll and I think David Burke went straight across and winged forward uh wing forward to uh centre forward. You know, and but the the but the but the most important thing on that with the lads rotating um column is that it's okay to rotate and with with all the six forward understand it. But when the ball breaks down or when the ball goes over the bar or goes wide when it comes to the opposition goalie team, that everyone is back in their position, even if it's not the right position, picking up a man. Because what can happen easily is that you might be playing corner forward next year you've got out to wing forward. Like You don't want to leave Paul Murphy loose at corner back and if he gets sharp hook out because no one has marked him. So there's a, that's a system, but everyone reverts back into normal 15-man formation. But yeah, we, we, we did it against Kilkenny. Look, it worked that day. That was the only time it ever worked against Kikini that any anytime we take a kidney they mostly hammered us, right? But that particular day it, it worked for us. There was a great story that time Paul actually that um, we were play, we were playing in the Linsa final and uh, some some lad in Portum was out golfing and and they asked him uh, you're not you're not going to go up to the match he goes, oh, I wouldn't bother going up uh, looking at them go and after fifteen minutes we were up whatever ten or twelve pints and someone says they're up twelve pints and they tell you them Galway we us, were useless. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, but uh, what's it called but no as I said uh, once everyone knows the role uh, column you can rotate and you can switch one once everyone knows the role and the role has been completed but, but it does con- it can cause huge confusion to opposition backs and, and the opposition backs can get fierce vocal and start giving out to other, that's your man pick him up you should be picking him <laughs> up that's my man you know so uh, it can get very ratty as well
2: you see that, that that's the thing like I think it's great I do take, take Damien's point on the rotation, it could work against you for puck outs because you, you know you're if you're not quick enough to get over to where you're going. But I can imagine you playing cornerback, you're marking a corner forward, he goes out to wing forward, you might follow him for a minute, and then by the time you figure it out and you swap with the wing back, another score's gone over, and now he's moved into the centre forward, and now you're like, what the hell's going on here?
3: Yeah, yeah, exactly, that's it. And as well, let's say for if we're talking in the Galway point of view in that position. Um, it it does kind of leave it open if if, if you need a lot of honesty from the forwards because if the forwards are rotating and a lad is tired, he can kind of go, oh, look, I was actually centre-forward, or I didn't know where I was meant to be. It, it requires 100% honesty. Right. And also from the backs as well, let's say the backs who are facing that, if I'm standing cornerback, there's there's I suppose, a, flip, a flip side to the coin there that if my man is out the field and the goalkeeper hits a long one, it's actually to my disadvantage because now I'm, I'm now looking out and Damien Hayes is 65 metres out the pitch and I have to scamper out the pitch to try and get to him because he's an extra man out around the field. So do I now run out and try and catch him? And that's where the confusion happens because your cornerback is now missing. He's now gone running out the field because he's looking at his man not wanting his man to score. So... If the forwards buy into it, it's a great tactic, and it can lead into to savage confusion in the backs. But, but, it has but be, there needs honesty. But right?
2: that's it. But the, the point I make about it, Paul, it only works once. Because yeah. By the time I'm sure you had team meetings going, lads, stay in your positions. Yeah. They're coming to you, right? Yeah. So that I presume that's what you did for the final then in twelve. Obviously,
3: did Galway not do it again? I, I don't think they really did it again in in the final. I can't remember because I just remember being on Davey Burke for the whole thing. Now, whether I can't remember what we went man men marking or man marking because that's also a thing I'd always say with backs that if there's a problem in the back line Go with your man, and you'll see where the problem is very quickly. Because you're if, if, if you're just following your man, well, you'll see what's happening, and you see the pattern they're doing. I can't remember what happened for the final because I just remember I was on Davy Burke, which I presume maybe we did a man marking. Well, job. then you just either all follow your man, yeah. or you stay in your position. Either all follow your man, and I remember being out left half back at the, the times there, and so I presume we just followed because we, we said if they do do this, well, we don't want the same thing happening again. So go with them, and then it makes it absolutely irrelevant, and we're all accountable then to who we're marking. Well, that's what you did do because yeah. I remember I was at that game, and Tommy Walsh was corner back for a lot of that game yeah. a
2: lot of the first half until you maybe changed it at half time yeah. Um, yeah you were probably out wing back then yeah that was it yeah. you, you man marked so that w- that's either that's the way to fix it or else just stay in your positions and, le- and let them come to you um, quickly on Cork uh, Damien I saw Harnedy was back um, he was taken off how did, how, how did you think he got on and
1: did but Cork basically, basically Harnedy just did, once again Cork wanted to get him game time they wanted to get him minutes into the leg. He's very important to them. Like genuinely he's very, very important to them. Uh I, I, I think he's a great player. I, I, I think they need they need him more now than ever. Uh, um uh to give Patrick Horgan in particular a bit of a hand and support up front. Uh I, I think Cork would have been very disappointed with the way the game finished yesterday from. I think they were they were well in control and they got the guy back into the game um I I also think I think they overplayed the ball. I was watching the game and I was trying to analyse Cork and I, I, I seen them a couple of times yesterday. Like you had um, the fullback gets the ball and he hits it to the number five. The f- number five then slows a little bit and he hits it out to number nine, I like guess. But you, where, for example, the number three could, it, could have hit it straight to number nine straight away. They're, they're actually I know there's a the saying they're they're hitting one pass too many, but they genuinely are hitting one pass too many. They could be hitting the ball from the full back uh, to the to the centre back and then, they, then the, they play an awful lot of short foot to their two cornerback and I don't fully know are the two cornerbacks fully comfortable with this short game but because they're coming out solo and they're sometimes giving very bad passes up the field. I can see what Cork are trying to do, they're trying to play the possession game and they're trying to play give the best ball and give the best options but sometimes there's nothing wrong Colin, with driving a ball route one into number 14 and hope that it breaks or he catches it and let all the staff, lads, uh Cadigan and any of the boys get in around it and see can they, can they score but I I think they're overplaying it they're playing one pass too many in the forward line and I, I it, it looks great when it works out but geez, when it doesn't work out it looks shocking and when the crowd on their back it doesn't look good either so so um, yeah, Car- Harney got game time, and he will be playing in championship. They need him.
2: Continue going cornerbacks, uh, Paul. They're not too worried about the Limerick uh, mauling. Yeah, um,
3: the it, it's it's an interesting one, Damien, saying there. Like you know, um, like we're still talking about Cork with their with their puckouts, and again, I mean, they're, they're facing Limerick in a few weeks, and they seem to do a lot right at the weekend again against Galway, but. Um, as they're, they're just in a small bit of a funny position at the moment. Are they going to stick to this sharp puck out thing that they're not really varying it up too much? Like Damien is saying, they're one pass too many. We see what happens when you play Limerick. Um, Limerick will break that down and will happily break that down and turn it back around. But the funny thing is, like, when Cork get getting the ball into the full forward line, they're actually getting a few results off it. And Jack O'Connor is showing with that and they're quite clinically. You have Patrick Horgan on the edge of the square. So like Damien is saying, route one ball and ask a few questions by sending it in long. Um if you I think if you go too much with any one tactic and this being the sharp pucko tactic, you're becoming a little bit too predictable. Yeah. And it's just again, you're facing Limerick, you know, really ask questions here now. Um, unless Cork are gonna come out now in a few weeks and go completely all along and, and completely surprise Limerick, if they keep going with this, I mean you're gonna keep getting the same results, which I don't think Cork want at the moment. They want they need something a little bit different. They need someone to I suppose take charge of it and um, for the results they're getting with the short puckouts, it doesn't seem to be reaping the rewards that they really want or that they maybe envisaged was going to happen.
2: Yeah, I think they might look at the stats.
1: I can guarantee you the Limerick hurling camp, their training sessions, a lot of their training sessions is, if they're playing, even just doing drills, is starting with a short puckout and getting their corner forwards ready, whoever's in corner forward ready to break down the ball straight away because Cork are in the north mode short. Ball. and uh, they're. At, I guarantee you Limerick being Limerick because they're a top team they're practicing this and they're getting ready for this because they know the Cork are going to hit uh, I'd say three out of five foot are going to go short and they'll, they'll drive too long like this and they're, they're practicing this this is where they're and this is where the breakdown and they're, they're going to turn over scores and this is where they're going to and this is what they're linking themselves to for the championship in two weeks time and as I said, the Cork, even Cork there, yes, I know it, one stage There was a ball hit to the cornerback and the cornerback carried it and he, and he gave a little stick pass, a 10-yard stick pass out to the wing-back. And the wing-back then tried to turn and he started going up the field. Like, what would have been wrong if the cornerback carried a 10-yard and drove it 80, 70, 80, 90 yards across the pitch, a cross diagonal ball in toward the corner forward, running out in front of him and the ball bounced in front of him? Like, I, I just... I, and I, I think they're getting scores, but I, I think there's too much breaking down with Cork, and um, uh, I, I fear, I, to an extent, I kind of fear for them in two weeks' time. I think they could get it up in two weeks' time, uh, or maybe they're going to have a huge work ethic, Cork, in two weeks' time, and hope that Patrick Corgan will hit 14 points from place balls and get a couple from playing and, and work it right. I just can't see them beating Limerick.
2: No, at this point you can't because if it's breaking down in a low-intensity league game, Paul, like, I mean, this yeah. is going to be high-intensity and like Limerick
3: in the Gaelic grounds in the league, that's about 70%. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's hard to see it at the moment where it's going to come from. Now, I, I know I said last week there that I still hold out hope that Cork are capable. They're capable of under day really performing well. Like Damien said earlier, it's, you can't just turn it on. Um, it's going to have to come from somewhere we can't see it at the moment. But, you know, playing Limerick on the farm they're at with the amount of players that Limerick have on the bench as well for 70 minutes, it's going to be an enormous task. And at the moment, it's hard to see anything other than a Limerick win in a few weeks.
2: Yeah, definitely. Right, we'll leave it there, Les. We'll come back with performance of the weekend. OK, so performance of the weekend. And I have to hold my hands up here and eat a bit of humble pie, uh, Paul, and put John Conlon as the very first one. He, Jesus, he'd some first half. Um, like, I mean, dropping off, covering, dominating, giving good ball in, everything that you kind of, that Brian Lohan pictured. And this is why you'd give Brian Loan a lot of time. If this was Maddie Kenny, Conlon would be back up full forward. Yeah, Do you get yeah, me? Like, yeah. Brian Loan, rightly or wrongly, he stuck with it. This is what I believe in this this year and you look at uh, um Dermot Ryan on one side and David McInerney until he got injured I hope yeah. he's back that's a bloody good half back line now. Yeah,
3: Yeah and you consider the first week when we were talking about Antrim it just didn't look like this was going to work John Conlon was a little bit I suppose out of the game well to say he was completely out of the game really at centre back but again that's understandable You know, players are trying to find their feet Brian Lone stuck to his guns like you said and here we are talking about how well they played yesterday and how well it looked like John Conlon again we all know the size of him but he used it really well got on ball and there was a few balls where he got it and just came. Straight straight out through the middle again which is something we don't often talk about at the moment um, straight out the middle but then I suppose maybe with his forwards hat on was able to think about what type of ball I want to give out here and a- another good quality he did as well was when he got the ball at centre back he turned and looked to his, his direct wing straight away so the wing backs to get it out of the trouble area and get it out to them and let them deliver the ball right. so he really controlled it really well and wasn't looking to do anything real selfish or to show up and to step up he was just getting the ball the first things first getting on the ball getting possession and then just pop it off simple pass out out to the side let other lads deliver it and it's great for Brian Lohan that after everything we've talked about with Claire over the last few weeks that, you know, they are in a good position. Colum Galvin back is a great addition for them as well. You mean, they need the likes of him back. But yeah, they're a very strong half-back line and if they can keep the form they're going on, um, it'll be a great launching pad for Claire coming into the Championship. Yeah,
2: because like, I mean, we just mentioned the half-back line there and you look, uh, Damien, I'm sure they must, would you like to say something on John Conlon? Because I'm sure working down, selling cars down there, a lot I of would people be- would have been given out about this experiment.
1: Yeah, well, to be fair, just to be fair to John Conlon, right, uh, would say a lot of people would have had question marks. More. But see, when he went back centre-back, he had to readjust his own game, Con, because all, all, all his life he's been playing up in the forwards. So he's not used to tracking the man to the same extent as he would be in the forwards. He's now facing the ball and facing the goal instead of having his back to it. He had to make a few readjustments himself, uh, to, be, to be fair, to his own game. But see, he's now captaining the team... <laughs> He's now the leader, like this, and he's now grown into this role, and he's now he's he's readjusting to it, and like I, that's where I give a bit of praise as well to, to Brian Lohan. like he's willing to try stuff, and now at least now they're going into championship in two weeks' time. They have a number three, they have a number six, they now have a centre forward, they now have Kelly flying it in the middle of the field, they have a full forward, they, they have Shannon had gone up full forward, they now have what we call the flank of the team, where the spine of the team, they have these regulars where you take leash bloody Dublin a couple of these other teams they don't have them and Clare have been trained there by Sean Tracy he's my own club man and I can tell you one thing they will be trained to last and they will be organised Lohan is a very very good manager and meant to be a very good man manager and the people down here in Clare like him but they've been trained to last now by Sean Tracy he would be doing a great job but uh, uh, Conlon uh, Conlon is after being a bit of a fine for them there now but they've found a number 3 and a number 6 and that's very very positive for them
2: it definitely is. And two players that really impress me is Aidan McCarty and David Reedy on the two wings. Like, I mean, David Reedy really got one too. McCarty. He's a very unusual kind of upright way of running. He looks like he's, I don't know, like I don't I don't know how to describe it, but he's brilliant. That one he got off the left over by the sideline over the bar and they're getting a bit of a return out of those two lads. And they have a very, dis- very uh, likeable watchable style they go short but they're giving they're going short with a purpose of getting it into Shanaher. Yeah, you know and yeah. Shane O'Donnell wasn't there like they I don't know if you'd compare it necessarily to Limerick but they're mixing up the short but the short game with the with a with a decent long game
3: yeah yeah and, and and something they kind of and it it's not a it's not a negative I think it's a compliment of the Clare forwards sometimes they seem to have these kind of unorthodox forwards over the last few years like and again that's not a, that's not a negative it's very it's very much a positive where you don't really know sometimes what they're going to do but they're very confident on the ball they get the ball and they run different lines like you saw for um for Tony Kelly's goal like there was players running it was the movement around Tony Kelly that allowed Tony Kelly to run through the middle kind of unapproached really um, but the likes of Shane O'Donnell to come back in sure again Shane O'Donnell's just a great fella to have there because he gets the ball into his hand and he'll take on anyone and you don't really know like he'll throw the ball out he'll solo a lad could be pulling on Dragon and he'll still go. And they have great runners all over the, the their forward line as well. So it's it's a great position to be in. Like you said, you know, Reedy's been popping up with, with, with huge scores for them over the last while. Um, which again, it's great that they have, they're not just relying on Tony Kelly in that regard. Um, but, they're looking really strong now for championship, and especially the fact that Shane O'Donnell was missing at the weekend is great because other forwards then had to really step up, and obviously Shanahan are going really well as well. So they're they are they're in a great position. They're looking lively, they're looking fresh, um, and I, I think they'll be really happy with their forward line and their options for for coming into championship. Yeah,
2: I think they're settling down on that team as well, Damien, aren't they? With Shane O'Donnell, yeah. Shanahan. Like, I mean, you'd like Ian Galvin to buzz around in front of Shanahan a bit more. Like, a lot of ball goes to Shanahan, and sometimes when it breaks, you, like, I mean. They the old school corner forward would always come around in front of him.
1: Yeah, yeah well, that, that's it. And Shannon, the target man, he, he will catch a couple of balls, which we've all seen. He caught a couple of them against the like a couple of years ago. He's able to catch balls. He, in fairness, he got another nice goal there yesterday. But as you said, even uh, if you the ball is his route 14, as I call it, right? The ball breaks. You want a, a corner forward. Uh, a nice, nippy one, we'll say, running off it and getting onto the brakes and getting these couple of scores off it. Claire Brahanna, you met there yesterday as well, Cooney, said he's corner forward. I thought he was very lively, I thought he was a nice hurler uh, as well, so he did. And uh, what you call it? But uh, no, as you said, there has built. Built on a this game from last year. Look, they're not going to win in All Ireland. We're not going to make out the Ireland, and I I couldn't even see them winning the Munster Championship. But they, they, they're rebuilding, and and they're they're buying into what Brian Lohan and Sean Tracy are trying to say, and and they are improving bit by bit. So they are. They're not going to win in All Ireland, but things are improving down here.
2: Definitely, because it was a very topsy turvy game in that Kilkenny had it won. Claire got the two goals Kilkenny responded brilliantly then Claire came back like I mean it was a br- it was
3: actually a brilliant game Yeah it was a great game and you know I think both sides were obviously dealing with injuries then and there was players coming on and off um, but it was a great game like, I think Kilkenny would be disappointed with the four goals going through again a bit of Tony Kelly brilliance but also um, you know the, the goals really came up through the centre which is a killing thing and, and and lads were running straight at goal you know you need lads I suppose coming and closing lads out here and maybe just look take a chance that if they pop a ball out that if a player has it at the side it's less dangerous but the fact that they came up through the middle I don't think Brian Cody will be happy with that um, but it was a great game to watch I mean lots of goals Mossy Keown coming on great goal as well so um, great game to watch really free flowing and um, and again I suppose it just had that little bit of a it didn't have the championship feel to it again because it was so open but very enjoyable game to watch yeah definitely was on um, Cody
2: uh, Paul got four points like how good is he like is he the next big star in Kilkenny like has he got that in him he's a very big fella mm. he's got a great brain I love the way he gives nice little tasty hand passes just to lads running past him he just mixes it up very well
3: yeah he's a great he's a great player he's a great head and shoulders as well which is one probably the first things you look for with a young player like that he just doesn't have the raw talent that he obviously has the head in the shoulders um, would have marked on in training you know many times over well, last year more so but um, great player he definitely does have it all certainly in the challenge matches pre-season last year I mean he racked up I think an enormous score I was looking at him going this fella could be hurler of the year now and obviously look okay form was a small bit off come to championship but he was it was his first championship playing senior for Kilkenny yeah. but he was still excellent I mean he went on to be young hurler of the year so he has everything he needs and, and you know it's, it's, it's open road for him really um, I think the main thing going for him is that obviously he comes from a great club who has all the experience there he has TJ in the team um, he has you know he can turn around and talk to Henry Shefflin if he wants for a bit of advice which all these things will stand to him he has all the tools there absolutely um, great young fella as well which also it's he's great to a cheeky to young fella is
2: he I see him on Twitter and him and Mullen <laughs>
3: messing, messing around on it yeah well they? if the Mullins are knocking around there's a bit of cheek involved <laughs> but yeah he is Yeah, he's um, he, he's a gas character now as well Like, but uh, yeah he's, he's a good follow on Twitter for no sneaky comment is that? <laughs> I saw that all right, uh, Desi Hutchinson we've mentioned him already Damien
2: we'll just mention his two goals the first one was sensational just first time pull and then the the second one was a different type of goal but like he's electric as well
1: oh, he's really improved again this year like his first goal uh, the first time pull uh, Keane Lynch tried to do that in the last year's all-Ireland final and didn't pay off for him you know and uh, it, it, for that goal, that goal to work it needs to be connected on the button uh, in the centre of the slither and he absolutely rifled it he, he's a good player as you said um, what do you call it I mean, Liam Cal took him off fairly quick uh, there we'll say uh, hoping that he wouldn't get injured uh, for a championship because he's a vital part of his cog so he's, and he's pushed on and uh, he going, he's going really well and he's a good good hurler as well So he's and uh, hopefully he pushes on for championship and and uh, lights up the championship as good as he's been doing in the league and, but if it goes on his last performance just there uh, yesterday um, i really looking forward to watching him in, uh, in the championship
2: Definitely definitely. when you think it wasn't last year his first season yeah. you know like I mean yeah. So yeah. You, you, you look at coming back, from, yeah. coming back from soccer yeah so like I mean yeah. w- when you see what he does for <laughs> Bally gunner, and you know you know yourself, Paul. When you your very first year, like the point you made with Own Cody, like you, generally you have to warm into it and find your place and get confident and all these kind of things. Yeah. Um. If Desi Hutchinson keeps that graph moving the way it is. Like you're looking at a really, really, really top level player.
3: Yeah, yeah. And I think as well the fact that he's marked so many players over the last while. I mean, he's marked the best defenders. He's marked the Carl Barretts and all these lads. So I think he sees now that. You know, he has electric pace. There's no one can really match him in that in, in that way. But I think he's seen now that he's as good as what's out there in terms of corner forwards, which for the belief in championship. And if he comes good on any day I think he's capable of scoring two or three goals no problem at all in Championship it's just a matter of he has that one year now under the belt coming into this Championship now and after a great league I think he's going yeah look I'm I, this is where I belong I'm capable of doing serious things here for Watford and I think uh, any day he's on the pitch for a spectator it's it, it's a good day
2: Anyone else from Kilkenny impress you Dara Corcoran looked to play pretty well at, at half back.
3: Yeah Dara's had a he's had a good league um, any chances he's, he's gotten he's, he's really taken it and he tends to pop up with these few scores as well he seems to be very relaxed there at right half back um, and again for a young fella stepping into the team you know he's just seamlessly kind of stepped in there um, hurling really well great to see Adrian Mullen coming back there as well and, and popping up okay he went off with the injury but what was his injury just a blood injury or was it a muscle injury I, I saw a blood injury was said somewhere and then yeah. I saw somewhere else that in, I think in one of the papers this morning it was saying it was a hamstring injury so I'm not really sure again I think the fact that he's coming back from the cruise yet if there was any niggle it would be a case of being off the pitch so look we'll see over the next week or so what it turns out to be but there's, there's no real word at the moment exactly um, but look in, in terms of Kenny there, Mossy Cohen again came off the bench and, and, and had a good game. So the younger fellas there are really impressive and uh, yeah it, it's great to see them hurling with a, a good level of confidence It's as quiet as I've ever seen TJ playing. and would I be
2: right in saying that I saw I read one report I won't say the paper TJ was his usual imperious self or something I, geez, I, I, I thought he was moving around couldn't really get into the game
3: Yeah um, he was drifting around and he was doing I suppose he was passing the ball off and he was, he was he was linking up players he brought Walter Welch into the game with a great pass got Walter into it um, I, I think it was just the fact that you know Ennis is a tough place to go Clare were well set up you're, you mean you're going to have a bullseye on TJ Reid straight away? And by his own lofty standards, if he doesn't score one eighteen in a game, we're kind of saying, now he was out of the game today. He only scored one ten or whatever." But uh, no, look, it's, uh, he had a he had a very good game. Any other player, we'd probably sitting here saying he was absolutely brilliant yesterday. But because we're at TJ Reid, we wanted to do something exceptional each day. But he had a, yeah. he had a good game, yeah. Right,
2: maybe I've just got it wrong. Yeah. But <laughs> also you have got it wrong. wrong. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh,
3: Damien, what
2: about uh, Dara Fitzgibbon? Um, is Luke Mead? there given Fitzgibbon. Fitzgibbon chipped in for four points as usual Luke Mead there if given Cork's first choice midfield now that's settled
1: yeah I would say so yeah been, been strobing today uh, Fitzgibbon got some lovely scores there yesterday I, I, I say they're, they're going to have to do something with Cork in regard. That they stick with some sort of a formation that looks good, or that lads are, are comfortable playing with each other, or uh, they have to go with form. So uh, I, I would think that they'll, they'll, they'll Cork will be going. Harnady. I think Cork will be going with Luke Mead and uh, uh These guys, um, yeah, I, I think they'll be uh, they'll be the, the midfield for uh, two weeks time. Yeah,
2: right. Any word down in the yard there about David McInerney? Is how bad was that injury?
1: No, I, I, I won't, There's no point. I didn't hear. There's, there's, I had no hurling people into me today <laughs> No hurling people in buying cars this morning No, no or in getting a quick cup of tea to talk about the matches no nothing
2: OK, the last one is Jack Kelly scored five points from midfield and again, you're, you're always trying to see Picky maher gone back, wing back you know, now maybe you can afford to play Jack Kelly in midfield with Paddy Purcell but you're not, mm. we're not getting the scoring return out of Paddy anymore I think teams have kind of made sure to have a plan for him five points from play from Jack Kelly you know, he usually plays wing back nice yeah. little return, Paul
3: Yeah, great little return and again, from midfield I think any player that pops up in any game from midfield with five points is a great return so um, again, yeah, look another player who's who's been kind of showing well moving between wing back now and, and midfield but uh, you know again five points that's, that's a big score to be getting especially up in Antrim as well considering Antrim's midfielder moving moving well at the moment as well um, it, it's a great return and I suppose one of, the, one of the better shining lights really for Leash over the last while in fairness yeah, to him
2: Exactly Right okay so performance of the weekend has to go to John Conlon and no problem admitting when I'm wrong did everyone else go saying it wouldn't work I think you said well, actually you probably said let's well, wait and I'll,
3: see I know John Conlon and I have a great time for him so like I mean he's great hurling but I think what we said about out about Damien said it I mean he's, a, he's asked to play from full forward now to centre back at inter-county level and he completely has to approach everything differently so from in six matches to turn it around to this is I think it's a great turnaround out of him um, and yeah 100% great fella yeah. and to, to get a, uh, to get the performance at the weekend I think is fully deserved oh, for him. he'll
2: be absolutely delighted with it and one yeah. other point that needs to be made and Brian Lowen made it after the game he's coming back from a cruciate mm. so if he was playing full forward coming back from a cruciate he'd have to to start you know yeah. easing into it yeah. where he's coming back from a cruciate into a position he's never played before at least at inter-county level you know he deserves a lot of credit and loan deserves a lot of credit for sticking with him so that's it Forms for the Weekend John Conlon um, we'll leave it there we'll be back um, on Thursday and we'll talk to you all then good luck No such thing as a media ban we don't have a media
1: ban Ah, no, you do No we don't a donkey would a donkey a palace. He was looking at his
2: He was massive! Legs, <laughs> ass, spilt. But I burst
1: out laughing, <laughs> <the movie. laughs>